The EduTech guys present a conversation from our live coverage of FETC in Orlando, Florida from Thursday, January 25th, 2018. Enjoy the program. Hi, David Henderson. Hey, David. Jeff. Hey, Jeff. I don't know if I Grab awesome. a seat. We'll get you in here. Get you on the air. Thanks. Uh, where am Dave, I? I'd love to do a podcast while you're doing it. We got to. You got to. Do you know my work? Uh, I do not. We do not. That's but right. we're, we're and about now, to. And now, and now I, I feel like yeah. a heel. Oh, okay. Well, then, well then, in that case, no, I don't have a clue who you are. <laughs> oh, is that, okay. is that what this is? <laughs> uh, I've been um, in a cave of scholarship for the last uh, 30 years, ah, studying well the impact of technology on education. Okay, cool. Well, I have to say, if you've been in a cave for the last 30 years, you picked a really great place to come out <laughs> to into come the out sun. The <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Well, no, no. I, I, I've been a, a teacher and a uh, tech director and uh, principal for a number of years. And uh, But for the past uh, uh, 10 years, I've, I've really been focused on uh, finding researched methods that can help tell the story, the real story, of the impact of educational tools on student achievement, not the propagandist story, right. which is what we hear everywhere sure. look around you. Yeah. We're right. hearing the right. propagandist's story. So um, I've written a book uh, that compiles uh, 30 years of research into uh, st actionable strategies that teachers can use uh, to not just increase student learning, but the effect size of, of the strategies that I've developed is 1.6. Oh, wow. So I don't know how familiar you are with effect sizes and the work of Professor uh, John I, I will tell you straight up, I have no idea. Okay, so, so that's like if you put In English, a, what do you say? If in a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10. Okay. The average impact of technology is a 3 out of 10. Okay. And that hasn't changed in 50 years. Right. 50 years. Does that surprise you? In, in a weird sort in, in a way, yes, uh -huh. but... I, we're yeah, in it. Surprised. We've been in it a long time. So not for us. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really surprised that that's been that the impact has has really been that low, yeah. even as far as technology has yeah. come. Well, see, a lot it's of people. Sad, really. It is. It's it's alarming. It's alarming is what it is. And and it, what I my book is called Disruptive Classroom Technologies. Okay. That's what I'm going to be talking about here because my goal is to disrupt the current narrative about technology, which which is this. This is the narrative. Just buy it. And then great things are going to happen automatically. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you no. with me? Yeah. Okay. You, have you heard that? Have you heard that? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we hear how that about all the lived time. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the silver bullet of education. Right. Yeah. Well, for 50 years, the silver bullet has uh, evolved tremendously. Like, think back of the educational technologies available during the Kennedy administration to now. Right. Think of the arc of the change in the tools that are available to teachers and students. Yeah. Oh, sure. But the impact hasn't changed in 50 years. Right. It's still 0.34 effect size. And that's the work from uh, Professor John Hattie, uh, whose work yeah. everybody yeah. should be familiar yeah. with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, visible learning. So I'm, I work with uh, Dr. Hattie, and uh, in fact, he, he's uh, um, uh, not only um, reviewed my book, but we're doing some uh, scholarly work together on sharing the story because the, the, um, uh, the work that I've done takes the best research of what works from an instructional perspective, mm -hmm. not from a technological perspective, mm -hmm. but what are innovative pedagogies? Because I think we need an entirely new epistemology of education for this third millennium. We can't just add 21st century sprinkles on a 20th century ice cream cone. Right. right? But that's what we're doing. Sure. Yeah. And this is an echo chamber 
of 21st century sprinkles yeah. on a 20th century ice cream cone. We have to change the cone. We have to change that the, the, the basic structure of what we mean by teaching and learning uh, because right now we have a tell and practice model of instruction. Right. Yeah, technology to tell and practice, guess what impact it's gonna be? Yeah. A three out of 10. Right, three, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's so very the, interesting. So the, the, the um, uh, strategies in my book that I've been researching for the past 30 years and come up with this, this synthesis, that's why it's taken me so long to you know, come out of the research closet, <laughs> which we're not live, are we? Yeah, this yeah. is live. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Well, but then it really. It is what it is. And then it'll be cut up and it'll be put right, online well, for all that, of eternity. That's, that's, so. Yeah, right. There you go. Because that's an unfortunate way to describe it in, in a well, sense. No, but it's it, funny, too, because it, I have it, been in a research. Yeah. I've been in a research cave. And so yes. what I found is that uh, the strategies in my um, uh, framework had an effect size of 1.6, which on a scale of 1 to 10 is a 16. It is quite literally off the scale. Mm -hmm. And that was observed by uh, Dr. Robert Marzano in a study that he did uh, around these strategies that I compiled um, several years ago. So 1.6 is equivalent to three or four additional years of learning in a single year. It's like tripling, quadrupling, perhaps even having a greater impact on student learning productivity, which I define as the amount of content children not just actualize, but consolidate that they understand Mm over a unit of time. Mm-hmm. So that's a productivity measure, like how much do you learn over a period of time? So if you learn a one year's, an average student learns an average of one year's worth of content in one academic year, which is 180 days. Right. Imagine quadrupling that. So it takes one year to learn what would normally take four years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That should interest people. That's, yeah. It should yeah. interest people. That's th- 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 we were just talking to Do- Tom Whitby about something along this same line. Uh-huh. And what's interesting about it is, is that the, the problem we have, the reason we're just seeing sprinkles of the 21st century on top mm-hmm. of the last uh, 100 years mm-hmm. is because we have been training uh, people to fail. And we've been, we've mm-hmm. been um, Americans, we'll just use Americans mm-hmm. as our, you know, right here in this country, mm-hmm. um, you can fail. And so the fear of failure mm-hmm. is what drives, you know, mm-hmm. what we're dealing with right here. I, I was a band director. That was what mm-hmm. I started out as, mm-hmm. as a band director. I loved it. And um, I would, you know, we always start kids on instruments in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. That was just what we've done for 50 years, so we just keep doing it that yeah. way. Um, and we go through these little books, and we learn the notes and stuff, and we take our time. Um, I just kept throwing stuff at them. Kept yeah. throw, you know, no, let's just keep moving. Yeah. Let's just keep moving. And uh, it sticks. Yeah. You know, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, we have to quantize what we're doing so we can get that four years into one mm-hmm. and but we, we've got to ch- we have to change the we have to change the uh overall mindset first uh, no, okay now there we are of one mind because right now we do have a mindset that's based on proficiency or compliance yes right would you agree yeah, so, well, yeah. so let's follow that a bit further so a compliance mindset is one where students go to the teacher and say tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Uh, what do I need to get the B? Right. Yes. Not the because look, I've been a teacher for a long time, and I taught advanced placement courses and all sorts of things. Very few students are the ones to say, "What do I need to do to get an A?" Most students say, "What do I need to pass?" Yeah. Well, so right. now, what's passing is a C, which is generally you don't fully understand the concept, you can't fully model it, you can't communicate it, and you've got a lot of critical errors and oversights. So we have a we are developing a a dependency mindset 
a mindset where learners are dependent on someone else to tell them what the problem is, to define the problem, tell them how to solve it, and then the student then applies some simplistic algorithm to apply that. That's generally the case. Sure. What I think we need to do is shift that mindset to develop a mindset of mastery. A mastery mindset, which okay. is which is different than a growth mindset, because right. mastery learners have a whole set of skills and strategies and habits that they apply at different times in the learning phase, mm -hmm. and there are three key learning phases. We generally only do two: surface learning, which is when students are introduced to new knowledge and mm -hmm. they you know learn the basics and the facts and the vocabulary, and then they practice it. So we have a tell and practice model, right. but children will never, learners will never deeply consolidate that knowledge until they transfer it, mm. until they apply it, until they use that knowledge in some context that's different than that which was taught. And so my framework helps learners and teachers um, recognize surface, deep, and knowledge transfer as the three distinct phases of human learning uh, patterns. That's the th those are the three domains. And technologies, when used only in the first two, will have a limited impact. Sure. But if you start to use technologies in what I call a transformational way, then you can see a gain of 1.6 effect size. There's another thing that we should be thinking about, which is transcendent technology use. So I've developed this framework. It's, the, it's called the T3 framework. Okay. It's not a technology integration framework, because we've got a lot of those, there's plenty of them, um, and still the needle stays stuck at 0.34. We've had technology integration frameworks for 30 years, yeah, and yet the impact of those frameworks uh, doesn't move the needle of impact forward. So I think we don't need any more integration frameworks. What we need is a framework for innovation. Okay. Because a technology integration framework means here's how you digitize practices. Here's how you digitize the practice and tell model of instruction. Right. My framework is a framework of innovation, which is here's how you can go from the first level, which is translational technology use, just using technologies to digitize what you used to do in an analog fashion. That's right. the predominant use of technology. Sure. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. Right. But if you want to get better, yeah. you got to go through the stage called transformational technology use, where the child is substantively transformed by the use of technology, and they consolidate deeply acquired knowledge and transfer it so they can use it, and so it becomes a part of their permanent self through the knowledge transfer. So, in in the limited time left, <laughs> in, in a nutshell, uh -huh. is is there is the, is there a nutshell that sort of or a summary of what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the transformational uh, use of technology, which, mm -hmm. I, which I detail in more, uh, uh, more elabor I elaborate in more detail in the book, obviously. Oh, right, right, give, right, give obviously. Concrete yeah. examples, and there, there are actual, there are uh, strategies, concrete strategies for each of the stages. But I'll give you a couple. In the okay. transformational phase, I have two elements. One's called production, and the other's called contribution. Okay. Okay. And in production, students produce a mastery goal. They produce some clear, identified um, uh, outcome for their learning intention and sure. the success criteria that the students develop, not the teachers, the students develop, so they know with crystal clarity what the end point looks like. Okay. And then they use digital technologies to track and monitor their, how they feel, their affect, their effort, and their progress. Okay and then produce knowledge artifacts that represent what they know, what they can do, and how they think and feel about it. That's a precursor to becoming a mastery learner, because mastery learners uh, self-regulate. Yeah. 
They self-regulate and have a whole host of skills and strategies that they know when and how to apply successfully to master the surface learning, yeah. master deeper learning, and master learning transfer. Yeah. Man. So we're, re we're running out of time. We, we only have our 50 minute slots. So yeah. we definitely, we need to get you on our I'd love show. to be on it. I'd love to be honored to. Really. Yeah. It'd be yeah. a lot it of fun. It gives us more time to get more yeah, in-depth discussion. Depth. Yeah, yeah. And it will prep us to be prepped to, uh, to, to take a look at the T3 process. Sure. Well, I was going to say, do you have a, do you know when your book is I, coming out? My book is out. It, it's okay. been out for okay. just uh, the past uh, five months. It's brand new, which okay. is why, awesome. you know, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on a book tour. I'm delighted to be at the uh, Future of Education Technology Conference. I'm speaking tomorrow at one o'clock okay. in awesome. 220 East. Cool. Uh, the uh, session is the title of my book, Disruptive Classroom Technologies, uh -huh. a framework for innovation and education. And I'll awesome. give you guys, this is a discount for my publisher, Corwin Press. We are is very familiar this. with Corwin. Yeah. yeah, and they're providing a discount for uh, FETC participants, uh, oh, cool. which is delightful of them. And uh, uh, I'll look forward to hopefully seeing you guys in the future. And yeah, let's talk yeah. about this, so, this work. But let's talk about this first before you go. Um, for our listeners, to get in touch with you, what's the quickest and easiest way? Probably uh, my website, which is www.maganyaeducation.com, M-A-G-A-N-A, education.com. Okay. And that's a platform with all sorts of free resources and a ton of things that are uh, supplemental to this book and this work that can help teachers understand the framework, plan for implementing the framework, yeah. and evaluate the impact. Because here's the last thing I'll leave with. Evidence-based practices matter. Yes. Well, I, I, anyone yeah, who I, I would I would get into a cage in a ch single chair, no <laughs> rules, and have that debate with anybody. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Evidence-based right. practices yeah. matter. Right. Implementing evidence-based practices matters more, mm. but evaluating the impact of evidence-based practices matters most. Hey, make sure you get out there and check out the book "Disruptive Classroom Technologies: A Framework for Innovation in Education." Uh, We'll definitely have you, Sonny, back on the show. I'd be delighted And, and to. We'll, we'll get your information and have Tyler. You've been listening to a recorded conversation from EduTech Guys, live coverage of FETC 2018. For more information about EduTech Guys, visit edutechguys.com. And thanks for listening.